The next African story will be written by Africans. Meet the people using technology, innovation, and entrepreneurship to craft this new narrative. This is Building the Future Podcast with your host, Dalton. Coming up today on Building the Future. And so for me, my vision is short term in the next few years is come up with this model for Lagos and Nigeria to have this recycling model that works all over the country. Hello everyone, welcome to Building the Future. My, my guest today is uh, Blakis uh, Biola. I used to say Blakis is a force, and the first time I met Blakis, the passion that she has for her business is amazing, and since then we've been, we've been communicating and talking. We've been friends. Yeah, we've been friends. It's been amazing. <laughs> uh, Blakis is the founder of We Cyclers, and I'm going to allow her to talk about We Cyclers and, what, uh, and the importance of what they're doing and how Blakis has been building that incredibly smart company and changing and not just uh, uh, solving a particular problem uh, in, in Nigeria but also creating jobs so, uh, and using entrepreneurship uh, to, to solve problems but also do social impact and but more importantly Blakis is just one of those inspiring uh, female founders that has done incredibly well in the ecosystem so Blakis welcome to the show thanks I'm glad to be here so can you tell us about WeCycler how did you come about that you went to MIT for your for your MBA or, or masters yeah and then you are now doing WeCycler uh, you could have gotten a job in investment bank and or, or consulting why are we cyclists? People ask me that all the time. And first answer is, I, I, I don't know. I fell and I hit my head. Because I didn't really have a good response. Before I went to MIT, I, w- I actually worked for a couple of years. I was a software engineer. I was writing social networking software. Awesome. Uh, what language do you write? Um? So, J2EE. Also, Java. Wow. Web services. I didn't know that about you, that you're, you're a software engineer. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so did you write the, the, you, did you, uh, the first version of WeCycler? No, I actually it? didn't write it. I just wanted to focus on the business side of things because mm-hmm. that was really why I went to get my MBA. Mm-hmm. And I had a fa- uh, fantastic developer, Jonathan Kola, mm-hmm. that he's from Kenya. He went to Harvard, actually. Awesome. And he came back to Nigeria with me to start WeCyclers and he wrote the code from scratch. Oh, so you convinced yeah. Jonathan Kola, you convinced yes. hey, I've got this opportunity, yeah. let's do it together, uh, come and write the code for me. It was more like we're talking, convincing, building so many fantastic pictures of Nigeria and it helped that he had a Nigerian girlfriend so awesome. he okay. wanted to learn about Nigeria okay. and he's a very fantastic person, he's been very blessed and he wanted to, to give back so okay. that was also another um, motivation and for him. And is he still with you? So he left, he went to business school and now he works for Google. Okay, yeah. so he came so he built a first version of WeCycler. Yes. So going back to WeCycler, how you started, what led to that idea out of all the other things that you could have done? Being a software engineer for a while, I wanted to you know, change my career path. And I, you know, I initially thought, oh, I'm going to be managers in some big company in the U.S. or something. And then I just was exposing myself to, because I, I always had this social side. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I took, I, I joined the social entrepreneurship um, club in MIT mm-hmm. and I took a class, um, it's called Development Ventures. And, you know, as a Nigerian, passionate Lagosian, I never thought Lagos was a quote-unquote place where you know, it's like a poverty-stricken place. You know, the Lagos I know is a beautiful, fantastic, yeah. vibrant city. Mm-hmm. But when you you know look at the statistics mm-hmm. and you do the research and you see, you know, cities like Lagos, countries like Nigeria, all the things that people are facing. You know, sanitation, healthcare, 
finance. Also, there was a side of me that said, hey, look at all the people that are coming to speak to us. There's no African person that's here that's actually a, an authority that's doing it on the ground. I mean, at that time, there mm-hmm. wasn't. And for me, that was really a, a call to action. Like, why are we not solving our problems? That triggered the social action in you. And so I need to respond to this. Yeah. Something. And it wasn't like, it was, you know, it's convenient to just say, okay, this is an, a problem of waste management. And I could have just, you know, because we had to submit a paper. So why waste management? My brother and I, we just observed that there's so many cars lying around, like abandoned. You know, you notice that like abandoned yes, cars. abandoned cars. So we had this um, proposal that we wrote, and we even submitted it to the World Bank. We're trying to raise money to build a factory to process abandoned cars. Okay. So I'd always been thinking about waste, and okay. you know, but what I had seen was that plastic is actually more prevalent. It's it's. The problem of plastic is even more difficult to solve than waste than than, um, than, than the cars because the metals plastic, the metals because metals are more valuable. Mm-hmm. So going to plastic, if you can solve this issue of people dumping plastic all over the place and getting a system that will collect it, mm-hmm. you know that was actually a very interesting and that that techie side of me actually was motivated to to kind of solve it. And it was kind of convenient to just... It wasn't convenient at that point to say, oh, I'm going to just write the paper and just forget about it. Because mm-hmm. I just wanted to t- kind of take it further. Like, let me just even apply for this. Let's try this. Let's try that. Let's try this. And then it just kept on having a life of its own. Mm-hmm. And it's a paper. You wrote a paper, wrote a paper in paper MIT, MIT. And to see the pro- how can we solve the plastic waste problem in, in Lagos. So there was a... We came up... And MIT is all about mind and hand. Okay. MIT is like very much about practical. Okay. So they said it's not about uh, theoretical. You come up with a solution and test it. Mm-hmm. So we had to go to Nigeria to actually do an MVP. Okay. So we had this, you know, an event where we went and tested. Me and my colleagues, um, co-founders, Co-founder. Alexandra, okay. Fallon. And you all met in, in MIT. In MIT. And yes. this was like a student project. Exactly. And then, you know, we, we, we now had a meeting with the Lagos State Government mm-hmm. before we left. And they were like, oh, that's interesting. Okay, if you decide to come and do it after you finish school, you know, we'll help you. And so we had that in our back pocket. And then we just kept on applying for things and people walk up to us, uh, you know, at competitions. Mm-hmm. We might win. We lost a lot. Mm-hmm. We said, oh, this is interesting. Good job. You know, and then, of course, there were people that we had gone ahead of us, other startups that we had reading about, like Synergy, um, that tried to solve the waste problem. Yes, but they are Africa. human waste. Yes, and they're in Kenya. Okay. We we saw this vision. Mm-hmm. This is what it's going to be like. It's going to mm-hmm. be beautiful streets. It's going to be people doing this collection system. It's going to be waste being recycled. So we have this vision, and we just believe that we can do it. So what is the core of recycler? What does recycler do? So it's basically just very simple. Low-income areas mostly. Um, we go to them and uh, teach them how to sort waste. Okay. So that's the first step. So basically, a recyclable waste, sort it away from your re- other kind of waste. Mm-hmm. And then we pick up from them. So we have these bicycles, we have the motorized tricycles, mm-hmm. we pick up and we weigh. Okay. And so for each kind of waste, they get points based on the weight. So right. every time we pick up from them, they get an SMS. Right. How many points they accumulated. Awesome. And so we track consumption data, we track demographics, we track location. And so with that SMS, they know, okay, I've been recycling with recyclers for the past few months. I have this number of points. And what do they get? What was that point for? So every quarter, they can exchange the points. They can say, we have like a basket of items. So household goods, buckets, So that's the way to pay them rather than paying them cash directly. We also pay them cash. We also pay cash We pay them. So we give them a choice. We say, look, do you want all these nice electronic things, generator, 
um, you know, stove. And then we also give them cash because people need cash. And then we also say, okay, we've partnered with a grocery store. We give them coupons. And so you go and get. So and does get it work that if you accumulate points, you get more than just cash? Is it work? Does it work that way? That your point gives you more value than cash? No, actually, cash is more valuable because that would be interesting. You see, in, um, so, so you have this cash back in uh, in, in England with Tesco and stuff, where you accumulate points, and if you want to redeem it, you might have maybe one point five x bonus. Um, so I was wondering whether you you want to dis Disincentivize people from collecting actual money and say, okay, we've partnered with X, Y, and Z, we will give you. So, normally, if this thing will cost you 10 naira, um, so you can you, you have accumulated 10 naira worth of points, but if you go and redeem that from um, this store, you can get 15 naira worth of products mm-hmm. because that store is giving us discount. Exactly. So we're, that's what we try to do. We try to build that in, but it's not as nice as that yet because we don't yet have the numbers. But what I've seen is just like, it's very interesting. It's like, number one, we have the, already, because we buy a lot, we, have, mm-hmm. we buy in bulk. Mm-hmm. So, because we, so we can get more discounts. So right. they, get, they get the discount from us. Right. So let's say a, a stove is 200 naira in the market. Mm-hmm. We can get it for maybe 180. Okay, so, so it's an inbuilt discount. It's an inbuilt discount. Ah, awesome. But awesome. then also, people, I think people just want the tangible thing. Like, they, like they've been... Because you can give them cash, and then it can be diverted. Right, yes. And like, I get the money, and immediately I'm already spending it for this and that. Yes. But okay, I want a sewing machine. I want a, a generator because I need it in my business. Yes. So it's like they are using it to save up for something. And then when they finish saving up, they take that thing. Awesome. And then it's like promise fulfilled. Yes. Already. Yes. So you they know? can say so they, they're motivated to do more waste management because that will, that will help them to get what, whatever they want. To Absolutely. Do. That's awesome. So, so the way it works is, so you go to all this um, um, communities. communities in Lagos that where there are lots of waste and people are not managing it properly and I have two questions and, and one of them has to do with government so I just want to walk through uh, to our listeners about how uh, recycler works so you go to them and say okay you need to recycle and if you recycle I'll give you something in return so you collect that from them they get point or money yes. and then you take that waste what do you do with it we recycle it. So we have, um, in each of the communities, we have, in partnership with the government, we have spaces where we've put in machines. So this ma- and we have staff that do manual sorting, because mm-hmm. for waste you have to sort. Then we also now, we also do things like bailing. Mm-hmm. So it's processed. Mm-hmm. We bail, we shred, and then we package it. Okay. And then basically at that point, it becomes a commodity. It's no more waste. Okay. It's now a commodity that we sell by the ton right. to recyclers. So basically, you're arbitraging waste. Exactly. You, you, you pay these people and you collect waste for one naira, and then you sell it for five naira or thereabouts Absolutely. to people that want to use it. Absolutely. What was the alternative in the past? Before, they would either have to go to the landfills. So, you know, and that's an, a big issue in waste management is that when you don't sort waste at source, so like mm-hmm. at home, if you don't separate it, you're already not doing a good job. Because when you put everything in the same bin, it gets taken to the landfill, it's already going to be degraded because it's mixed up with things. It gets dirty. So when they buy it, they are buying dirty stuff that they okay. have to go and wash and rewash and rewash. So it's just another extra work for them. Exactly. Okay. And then they don't get as much yield. The quantity is not so much because the collection, mm-hmm. you know, many of these people that are living in these communities, they don't send their waste to the landfill. Usually yeah. the waste doesn't get there. It either gets burned or it gets tossed in the, you know, in the drainage channel. You're doing that thing of 
tossing it in drainage channel mm-hmm. or burning it because you have a high rate of asthma in under five. Yeah. Because people are just burning waste and they don't know that it's a big problem. Um, this is actually a valuable thing that can help you. And is it cheaper for me as a manufacturer to buy that processed waste from you rather than going to the landfill where I have to process it and then I might not get enough yield? We charge them a premium up front, up but front. at the end, mm-hmm. in the yield side, mm-hmm. it's cheaper for them. So they would rather go with you than go to the landfill. Exactly. I just want to know what is the Exactly, because for let's say, for instance, if I sell you sell some um, the, the recycle or something and the, the in and out, mm-hmm. they measure it. The yields for my product is like 80%, 70%. Okay. But then from something from the landfill, it's like mm-hmm. 40%. Okay. So it's like half of, over half of what they bought is not useful. When you say recycler, so it's not a, it's not a manufacturer you're talking about here. So not we use that product. So there are, also, there are other people in the value. I want to understand the value chain. So household um, in a community sell to recyclers, recyclers sells to recyclers. Who can also be a manufacturer? Who can also be a manufacturer? Exactly. And a recycler cannot then sell to another manufacturer. Okay. Exactly. So you also sell to manufacturers? Yes, yes. Because manufacturer can now buy directly from you, unlike where they have to buy from recyclers in the past. Yes, or, or even buying from like brokers. Oh, there are brokers yeah, as brokers, well. Brokers, yes. So you have people that they build these um, layers. So right. there's people on the landfill side that's collecting. Mm-hmm. Then because they are busy picking, mm-hmm. and it's a very hard job, it's mm-hmm. very dangerous, mm-hmm. they sell to somebody that comes maybe daily and, and just, just take it from sweeps them. everything and buys everything. Right. Then that person now, because it's like so many different things, they sell to another person. And that wow. person has their margin. So it's like the margin gets It's an added. informal economy that has yes. grown into a very structure within the, everybody knows their place in the value chain. Absolutely. Wow. And... Um, and so the second question I had before was, what's the role of the government in all of this uh, before uh, WeCycle and now as well? Absolutely. So, th- so it's interesting. Um, so I'm going to answer the first question before. So th- before, the government was basically, you know, they were also implementing. In Lagos, they were implementing as well. So they were also collecting. Um, they gave recyclers space. So in the different areas and communities that we're operating in, we use the government land mm-hmm. and we pay them a margin, like a small rent. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also help with advocacy, they help with, um, you know, policy. Mm-hmm. But now with the new governor, the governor Ambode, I'm a huge fan of him, he's actually put together a fantastic policy on waste management. It's like very ambitious policy where the governor now is a regulator. The governor's job is to regulate, which is to make sure that Mr. A, Mr. B, we cyclers, Mr. C, we all do our job properly, we do mm-hmm. it safely, mm-hmm. their standards mm-hmm. and all those and their targets. Right. And they now allow for the private sector to right. now collect recycle ah, okay. and do other things. So like, it would be like recyclers now has a role in the whole thing. So you almost like if I want to start a recycler, you, anybody can start it now yes. and I have a role to collect on be on an yes. Excel. Yes. Awesome. So let's talk about uh, when you started. So you came back from MIT. At what point you say, actually, I want to do this. I really want it. And what made you do that? That's interesting. Um, you know, one of the things that I tell my staff, my colleagues, is you know, whenever we're trying to get somebody to fall in love with the company, is I make them pitch a lot about the company. So I think for me, what made me fall in love with recyclers was having to get on stage and pitch to people and explain and defend. Awesome. And it's like as I was convincing people, I was convincing myself. Mm-hmm. You know. So I think it was just that, and there was 
it was like between like January and April. We had like MIT 100K, Unus Challenge, Carol Wilson Fellowship, all these things that we applied for, we had to submit. And just being able to just explain, explain, explain. I now started to see that, wow, this is actually could make sense, doing the numbers. Because if somebody would ask me a question I didn't know the answer to, then I would go and research it. And I would say, wow, this is actually huge. For me, that was the process. And your co-founders who are your uh, classmates, did you convince all of them to join the company? Yes, yeah, so initially it was three co-founders. It's um, Alexandra, she's an American, and Jonathan Kola. You know, we all decided to come. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of them, Alex couldn't stay in Nigeria because she had, you know, a husband, personal things, so she had to go back to the, the U.S. to the States. Um, but Jonathan actually stayed in Nigeria for over a year. What? So does that mean um, the other co-founder, Alex, is no longer a co-founder, invested, uh, or, or what is the relationship now with the other co-founder? So, so she's a, technically a co-founder, but she's now a board member. She's a okay. member of our board. All right. So now you, you now run this full-time. You came yes. back to Lagos, okay, I'm going to run this. So you leverage on your relationship in Lagos, and you're able to pull it off. So funding so far, um, I know you've got some grants, and have you raised, well, how, how, do, how do you go about the funding? For this. Okay, so, so initially we were very fortunate. You know, MIT, there were so many opportunities, so we made a little bit of money when we started with Cyclers. We, made, we raised money. You raised money, not so revenue. Not okay. revenue, so like prize winnings, okay. grants okay. that we applied for. So we had some money in the kitty. How much are we talking about? About here? 70K. Okay. 70K dollars. dollars. And so that's what we use for flight tickets. Um, you know, we had to bring in an expert from America to come and build a recycle. So we paid for him to come and, you know, so we had that money and that was like helping us run along. And we also applied for some other grants. So there was a grant for $20K sometime in the second year. Then we also applied for an Echoing Green Fellowship. Mm-hmm. But in between, we had to figure out how can we build, because these recycles, they cost about $700 at that point to build one. You have to get a cycle, a proper tricycle yes. that goes to this community to collect waste. Yes, and this tricycle, I mean, we could have bought it off the shelf, mm-hmm. but we wanted to build something in Nigeria because mm-hmm. we wanted to also engage welders, artisans. So we have this homemade cargo bicycle, and it cost us $700 a pop to build one. Right. Wow. You know, And of course, the thing was new and was always having issues. So going through that and then we also decided not to invest immediately in the processing side mm-hmm. because we wanted to understand the business very well so initially we started off and we're running losses for like the first year because we would collect the waste we would just separate it and yeah. sell so collect separate and sell and then we're just looking at our numbers and trying to see okay, what is the business model and then talking to the buyers and understanding what they want, we're now able to get clarity and we now decided to buy our first machine. And the funds from that we actually got from Nigerian Bottling Company. So as part of my job was reaching out to you know, producers, to companies that produce waste, um, product that, is, that can be, the packaging is waste, yeah. you know, like the big brands. Yeah. We wrote several proposals to them mm-hmm. and one of the things that came out was the um, Nigerian bottling company sponsored some recycles and they also gave us a billing machine awesome because they can see the value for them exactly and it's like a CSR yeah and they like the fact that oh, we are helping the community mm-hmm. we also got GSK GlaxoSmithKline they gave us some support Unilever also gave us some how support. do you get into all so, so some of the startup guys listening to this say wow okay I mean, she did it because she's connected in Lagos <laughs> well, how did you get in what are the key things <laughs> that, that happened because people always say, oh, you know, Bilikis, you, your husband is so connected. Yeah, your husband is a billionaire. A so billionaire is so rich, yeah. this. But, like, it's really... <laughs> my, it's was like, it a hustle? It's a hustle grind day in, day out. 
for me, the, the most, one of the most useful things was like the MIT brand. And one of the things that they teach you is how to write an email to someone that you don't know. It's called a cold email. I said, okay, who are the, the big people, the producers? Some of them from my MIT contacts, they connected me to them. So I'll say, okay, I want to talk to this company. Looking at your LinkedIn, you have a friend or contact in this company. Can you connect me to this company? And, you know, and that was really how it was. Or actually go online and find the CEO's email address. And I always email the CEO. You know, your email, email I always CEO, email CEO CEOs are like busy and they have their phone. Mm. And if you have a very nice, catchy subject, they will open it. I have a very nice short request. They will, most of the time, they will respond. I just emailed the CEO a very short, interesting email, and then CEO of which company of is this? Several companies. Of several companies. You know, okay. and then get wow. emails. They will get, they will and then they can forward it to somebody who can execute. Who can execute? Wow. So that's what we we're doing. Sometimes you don't get responses. There were several times things that went cold, but you know it was just like, look, we're doing this thing. We're a student-run thing. Support us. Mm-hmm. Okay, we'll give you some products. Get out. They will now go. We'll take pictures, we we'll come back. Oh, we did it all. By the way, these are the things that came out of this thing. Wow. And they'll say, okay, this is interesting. Wow, wow, cool, cool. We're actually thinking about this. Okay, let's talk in two months. Then you write an email, set up another me- meeting. So it's a grind business development. It's like business, business development grind totally. And even I think even people know who you are, it mm-hmm. actually works against you because they're like, oh, this man's wife, you know, they, like people don't want to. Sometimes people don't want to because they're like, oh, you're getting it easy. So it actually works against you sometimes. Wow. Or they'll be like, you don't need the money. Yeah. Because you can go and ask your husband to give you money. Wow. You know, so it actually worked against me sometimes. But <laughs> it's really like the person doesn't respond after a while. Another email. Can we have a chat? Can we have a chat? Follow up, follow up, follow up, and show results. People like to see data, so as much as possible, follow up, tighten it, close the, you know, tighten the loose ends. Wow, that's awesome. So, so far now, so you built the company. You've, you've sort of proven the model, and, and is your company profitable now? Just about. Just about. Just awesome. about. It's, it's, yeah. How many people have you employed so far? About 120 now. What? So people, not, not just a freelance free recycler, but the people that work for the company. Yes. So it's, most of our staff are the, like the freelance recyclers, collectors. Okay. Right. We also have sorters. So okay. women. But these are full-time jobs. So it's full-time. not like um, you like come and go. You pay them. Pay, they pay get them paid. Well. And they get paid very well. So like, I wish wow. I, like we have people that make 90K wow. from collecting waste because they get paid based on what they collect. Awesome. And sometimes they get paid more than their boss. Let's talk about uh, your your vision now. Where do you see this going? What is the big vision here? And what is technology? What is the role of technology in it? Yeah, I think you know recycling is something that people kind of think is not. It's like a luxury. Like yeah. most people, are like oh, let's survive, but we don't realize the kind of relationship it has, waste management has, with our well-being, our health. If we don't collect trash. It stays there, chemicals leach into the soil, we eat food from the soil, or we eat animals that eat food from the soil. We get those chemicals, or it gets into the water systems, all those things. It affects us. And so for me, my vision is short term, in the next few years, is come up with this model for Lagos and Nigeria. So have this recycling model that works all over the country. Um, empowerment, cleaning up the environment, that's really what I want to do. I want to kind of build a platform mm-hmm. people can connect to and say okay I want to open up a recycling company in my city or my state and we can oh, help them so you want up. to have a platform where 
people because you know you cannot reach everywhere. No, it's, it's very intensive. So you want so you're building a platform. This is I've done this in Lagos. This is the template. Now you can use that technology and you can use our processes that we've actually fine tuned. So you want to be, you want to do recycling in Shokoto State. Here's the platform. Here's the process. Build on top of that, and we can even connect you to the right people that you were selling to. Absolutely, and there's a playbook for you to use. Absolutely, that's what you want to do. And even by the way, I'll even say you want to do in Sokoto State, so we'll, we'll help you do the policy. So we want to be the policy driver because oh. that's one of the biggest things is the policy. So we can reach out to you know like federal, like my dream is federal Ministry of environment. Mm-hmm. Sit down with them, and let's write a recycling policy for Nigeria mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that people can plug into. And can help people to start businesses. So not only are you cycling. looking at the processes and the technology and the, and, and the business, you're looking at policy because yes. re, from your understanding, recycling works better when the right policy is in exactly. place. Without it, it's just become. It's, it's not tough. like you have an e-commerce. Uh, it, it, it runs with uh, outside regulation. You need regulation because you need, you need regulation. Okay. You, need, cool. you need to work together. So the big vision for you is. Recycler become Recycler become the platform that every other people can build on top yes. of, and it makes it easier for them to build a profitable re- recycling business. Business working in tandem with the government. So you provide a policy framework, you provide a process and a playbook and a technology. I think exactly. So that leads to the second question: What is the role of technology in all of this? Then technology has been huge. Like okay, now we have about fifteen thousand customers, mm-hmm. and even just communicating with them. I can send an email to all of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, sorry, I can send an SMS to all of them because wow. I have tech. I can pick some people and say, okay, this person has not been, re- been recycling for a while. What's going on? So, and tech, so tech is really, really easy to it's for management. Mm-hmm. And for me, there's a bigger vision around data, you mm-hmm. know, this whole big data mm-hmm. thing. And, you know, like with my experience at IBM, there's no data that's not valuable or useful. Mm-hmm. And Im- imagine being able to say, okay, we know who's consuming what in what part of Lagos or what part of Nigeria. Wow. You know, wow. I think for me that's really the big, big vision. You know particular areas that people are consuming a, part, a particular product, maybe water or a brand of water. Exactly. Okay. And the manufacturer can come to you or, 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 or not a manufacturer, but a brand can come to you and say, we want to launch in, in this part of Lagos. Yes. Can you tell us where people are consuming water so that we can launch it? What's that competition doing? Exactly. Provide exactly. that insight because you have unique insight to consumption. Exactly, and trash. Like imagine, like you know, when FBI or <laughs> or the government when they are trying to track somebody, what the first thing they do, they go and dig through their trash. Wow. You know that was like when you watch all the yeah movies, yeah I know, I know. yeah yeah. That's how you know what the person is doing. Wow. So like your trash tells a lot about about you about you. Yeah. Wow. So that's a powerful thing. That yeah. This is bigger than just recycling waste. Yeah. So there is the data um, element to it, there is the platform element to it, and there is a the policy element to that's it, exactly. which makes it... If this works, it becomes a very powerful, powerful business. Exactly. Wow. That's interesting. That, and this is the first time I'm hearing that in, uh, in a coherent version that yeah. WeCircle is more than just doing waste. Yeah. It's actually a data, a platform, and a policy company. Exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Who is your customer? I assume you have it's a, it's a, it's a two-sided marketplace yes. kind of. So you have the recycler guys, and you have the subscribers, the people, subscribers, people that you pay. Um, which one is do you consider as your customer, and how do you acquire them? The recyclers, they're very easy. You give them trash. Get, they get it. They have, okay. They're captive market. Right. Um, so on and is he, a, is he a well-served market? Or it's not. So they're captive. So there's people that, that paid us in advance for like six months. Because they don't have enough. They don't have enough. And, they're, and they wait. 
So your challenge is to get as much as possible. There is not enough. Wow. So that's huge. That's a huge um, opportunity on the recycling side. But on the subscribing side, we like the it's supply. So you have demand, Let this, ah, which makes it unique. Demand. So it makes it unique. It's crazy. It makes it unique marketplace because most marketplace demand is the problem. Yes. Supplies, uh, supplies always there, and and people want to sell. But in your own case, a flip. Exactly. So the demand is huge. It's huge. The supply is the challenge. Yes. And, and you are also paying your suppliers. Anyway. Yes. So so, so it's weird. It's always a challenge in terms of acquiring. The supply side. So, so, so the supply side, we're kind of very careful because we're very small, and for our customers, the biggest one is like radio, because it's kind of, um, you know, the habits. So, radio is um, it's viral, you know, guerrilla marketing, so going out to the communities, handing out flyers. That's really what works. Wow. Okay. And then word of mouth is huge. So, mm-hmm. like, if I do a good job with my subscriber and I tell my subscriber, mm-hmm. hey, mm-hmm. you know, my, my subscriber gets their gift, they go home. And, and neighbor show people. Ah, where did you get this TV from? Ah, did you see the sticker? It's from recyclers. Ah, wow. You know, so that's you know really more powerful. Really, is because you see people now start. To, oh, okay, I want to go. Take me there. I want to re- register. And then they can then bring their household. Yes. And you see people also because Nigerians are hustlers and like to make yes. tons, so they can then go to their neighbors and collect the trash and yes. say, "Can you give me your trash and I can yes. sell it to recycle?" And you can see youths also doing that. Doing that also. Yeah. So, so you. Your acquisition channel is radio, um, um, leaflets, and word of mouth. And social media, has that been helpful? Social media has been helpful to the extent that, um, for my suppliers, not really. Some, Uh, but not all. But what about um, partnering with the local celebrities like the Fuji musicians and, and talk show, radio show, where people listen to like... Coco, we knew Coco, we, you know, we really partnering uh, with those kind of people and talking. getting them to push. So we would have to do like a, like maybe have a celebrity ambassador kind of thing. Yes. So it's finding that right person. Like a big Yoruba actor in Lagos. Yeah, that's not going to be too expensive. Yeah, yeah. And, but also has that heart of recycling. Yes. You know. Yes. So we're looking at it. We're trying to see like who would be a good brand ambassador. Okay. And that would appeal because we're not only we want to make it like cut across. Okay. You know, wide demographic because the melting pot. You have so many people different. Yes, yes, yes. Wow, awesome. This this, this is is interesting. I mean, getting to know more what you're doing and and, and the vision behind it is awesome. I'm going to round off with the quick fire round questions. First question is what is your biggest pain point, your biggest business pain point at the moment? Human resources. So talent. Talent. Because I think if I can do that, then my company is set. Wow, wow. What is your number one growth metric? So the idea behind growth metric is what is it that you measure to indicate that your company is growing? Waste collected. Waste collected. Okay. What which book are you reading at the moment? I just finished reading The Fisherman. What's it about? Uh, it's about four brothers that were caught up in some self fulfilling prophecy that ended up being a tragedy. Wow. So it's a, the power of your mind okay. you know, and being able to overcome negatives. Wow. You know? so, but now I'm reading Sterile Sky. I think it's about the northern, um, you know, religious. It's, it's set in, in Kano and yeah. it's around this, uh, this religious conflict. And it's a fiction or a non fiction? It's a fiction. It's a fiction. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Um, which business, apart from Wizard is getting you excited at the moment? I like Life Bank. Life, yeah, Temi, Temi Giwa. Giwa. I think she's doing amazing. I like, and they are going to be women, sorry. Mm. I like um, Mama Let. Mama Let, okay. I like what she's doing as well. Sunstretch Solar. 
Right. Because Mustafa is doing a fantastic job on solar home it's installation. Interesting. Um, it's really cool. Printivo, yeah. like hotels. Okay. And then Lagos State Employment Trust Fund. It's not a company. Okay. But it's awesome. They, 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 <laughs> you believe in what they do. You're part Absolutely. of the board and you're do, they're doing a great job. Yes. It's been interesting chatting to you. I would love to get you back to the show at some point again when, we, when you are uh, doing more incredible, nice stuff, especially around the platform and the policy and, uh, and, and that you talked about. And so thank you very much, Pilates, for coming to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to Building the Future podcast by Dalton. These are the interviews with entrepreneurs that are playing a key part in shaping the African future. And you'll be able to hear all their stories. For more, sign up for the weekly newsletter at thestarter.com. Our revolution will be televised. Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode. I hope you enjoyed the show. Before you go, I have a favor to ask you, and it will take 30 seconds of your time or less. It will mean a lot to me. If you like this podcast, you can easily let me know by going into iTunes, Teacher, SoundCloud, or wherever you download podcasts and subscribe. You can also go to our website, thestarter.com. That is T-H-E-S-T-A-R-T-A.com and sign up for our newsletter. It will be a huge favor to me and it's really simple and easy. If you subscribe now, it will help us a lot. Thanks. Thank you.